defund the FBI. Hey, this is Doc Washburn. When I get through with this report, you are going to be clamoring to defund the FBI. You're going to want to call your senators and your congressmen and ask them, what are they waiting for? All right, the latest is a guy named Michael Schellenberger, really good investigative reporter. When Elon Musk took over Twitter, Schellenberger was one of the guys that Elon Musk gave access to the Twitter files. As Michael Schellenberger reported a lot on that. And he's reporting a lot now on X, which used to be called Twitter. And um, you can get a lot of the stuff for free. If you're willing to chip in $9 a month, then you can get more stuff. Anyway, it looks like what they call Twitter's version of long-form reporting, they call it public. All these names confuse me, but I, I, I needed to explain that to you. And Michael Schellenberger and Alex Gutentag have a new article out on public, on X, which used to be Twitter, this January 20th of 2024, entitled, FBI and Secret Service are covering up their role in alleged January 6th pipe bomb plot, new evidence suggests. So let me tell you what they have. Schellenberger says, a bomb nearly killed Vice President Kamala Harris on January 6, 2021, according to the FBI. But now the former FBI official who oversaw the investigation said it couldn't have. In fact, the so-called bomb appears to have been a hoax created by and covered up by the FBI and the Secret Service. Video footage shows multiple agencies may have lied about the alleged explosive devices and mishandled their investigations. That is the the subtitle to the article. They got a picture of FBI Director Christopher Wray testifying before the Senate Intelligence Committee. And the article says it should have been a national scandal. On January 6, 2021, the day of the Capitol riot, a bomb nearly exploded at the Democrat National Committee, DNC headquarters in Washington, D.C., according to the Federal Bureau of Investigation, the FBI. Had the bomb actually gone off, it could have killed then-Vice President-elect Kamala Harris who drove by the alleged bomb and was in the DNC headquarters when the so-called bomb was discovered. Now, the FBI said earlier this year, although these bombs did not detonate, it is important to remember the suspect walked along residential and commercial areas in Capitol Hill just blocks from the U.S. Capitol with viable pipe bombs that could have seriously injured or killed innocent 
bystanders. Among those innocent bystanders was the vice president-elect Kamala Harris, who was due to be sworn in two weeks later. But the incident never became a national scandal. In an interview with the Los Angeles Times on January 17th, 2021, Harris, three days away from being sworn in, never mentioned the potential assassination attempt. In fact, Harris's near-death experience was unknown until the Department of Justice revealed it in a court filing almost a year later, November 2021. The government had previously incorrectly stated that Harris was in the U.S. Capitol, which she wasn't. She was in the DNC headquarters. And the U.S. House Representatives' official January 6th committee, you know, Liz Cheney and the crew, their investigations, 841-page report, only briefly mentions the pipe bombs in an appendix. The pipe bombs, which were initially key to the narrative that the Capitol riot was a premeditated act, a premeditated act, that is, of domestic terrorism, are omitted from the report's detailed analysis and timeline. Pipe bomb? Pipe bomb? What pipe bomb? Now, a video released by U.S. Representative Thomas Massey of Kentucky and first reported on by Revolver News and The Blaze shows that a passerby with a backpack alerted Capitol Police officers sitting in their cars outside the DNC that there was a pipe bomb nearby. Congressional staffers told Blaze reporter Steve Baker, who, by the way, I've interviewed on the Doc Washburn Show, congressional staffers told Blaze reporter Steve Baker that a Capitol Police plainclothes officer found the DNC pipe bomb. In the video, Capitol Police do not react with alarm. Matter of fact, the Capitol Police let people, including children, pass just a few feet from the pipe bomb as though it is not dangerous. On this video, Congressman Thomas Massey released recently. So the evidence suggests that the Capitol Police officers knew that this pipe bomb was not a threat. Now, the FBI appears to have taken the explosive devices seriously. Matter of fact, the FBI offered a $500,000 reward for help in finding the person who left the bomb. The FBI's Washington Field Office Director, Stephen D'Antuono, recorded a video urging the public to report suspicious individuals to the FBI. The FBI says that its lab determined that the devices, both pipe bombs, with 60-minute kitchen timers, were, quote, viable, unquote. But a National Explosives Task Force Quick Look report leaked to CBS News suggested that the bombs could not have been detonated remotely 
from a secondary device like a cell phone. CBS News investigative correspondent Catherine Harridge reported all of it suggests that if they had been set, they were designed to go off on January 5th. Now, this leaked report calls into question the accepted pipe bomb timeline. What's more, Kyle Serafin, a former FBI agent who worked on the investigation, said the explosive devices were inoperable. Technicians from the Joint Program Office for Countering IEDs, according to Kyle Serafin, this former FBI agent who was on the investigation, these technicians from the Joint Program Office for Countering IEDs, told him the devices lacked the necessary assembly to work. And even Stephen D'Antuono, the guy in charge of the FBI's Washington, D.C. field office, admitted to U.S. Representative Thomas Massey, who participated in the questioning of D'Antuono before the House Judiciary Committee, that the bombs would not have worked. Congressman Massey said, Do you think it was technically possible for a kitchen timer D'Antuono cut him off. No, no. Massey says that has one hour duration. D'Antuono cuts him off again. No. Massey, trying to finish his question, to detonate a bomb 17 hours later? D'Antuono. No, I don't. And I saw the same kitchen timer as you. I agree. I don't know when they were supposed to go off. Maybe they weren't supposed to go off. We can't. We don't know. We honestly don't know. FBI agent turned whistleblower Steve Friend told public, without compromising sources, I've heard there are components of this that are part of the Department of Homeland Security's training for bombs. Garrett O'Boyle, another FBI whistleblower who was an assistant weapons of mass destruction coordinator, also told public that the FBI's use of the term viable may be suspect. O'Boyle said, what do they mean by viable? Simply that the components work, like the timer and whatnot? They're very lawyerly with their words. In some of their manufactured terrorism cases, they have provided what the subject thought was a viable explosive device, but in actuality, wasn't viable since the explosive component isn't built into the bomb. Now, the FBI released closed-circuit TV videos and photos of a suspect holding a cell phone, possibly texting. The phone would allow the FBI to find the user based on the time and location. However, the data from the phone company that could have identified the suspected bomber was, wait for it, kids, mysteriously corrupted. How about that? Let's go back to Stephen D'Antuono, director of the Washington, D.C. FBI field office. He said there's some data that was corrupted by one of the providers, not purposely by them, right? It just unusual, unusual circumstance that we have corrupt data from one of the providers. It wasn't 
purposely corrupted. I don't want any conspiracy theories. Yeah, just an unusual circumstance, Agent D'Antuono. Kind of like it was unusual, everything that happened um, the night that Jeffrey Epstein didn't kill himself in that prison, right? Yeah, I don't want any conspiracy theories. Just kind of unusual. The FBI claims that the pipe bomb was planted at the DNC on the night of January 5th, 2021. Yet, given Kamala Harris's presence at the DNC, it's very likely that the Secret Service would have conducted a security sweep, possibly with a bomb-sniffing dog upon her arrival on January 6th when the bomb was supposedly already on the premises. An independent security analyst who has worked for senior elected officials, including on Capitol Hill, wrote a comprehensive threat analysis of the alleged pipe bombs which public obtained. This expert was interviewed by Zoom, and he asked that he or she asked that his or her name not be used, but the expert said, and I quote, something had to have happened to not have found the bomb or it wasn't there on the night of the 5th. Had they conducted a regular security sweep, they 100% would have found the bomb. It's in plain sight. You'd have to be blind not to find it. And if you had a dog, uh, give me a break. And then embedded in the article is a photo montage created by the independent security agent. At the top of the photo montage, we see a Google image of the DNC where the pipe bomb was found at the base of a bench. Then we see a Google image showing pedestrian walkway near the benches. The area is illuminated at night by a lamp atop the streetlight. And then last but not least, the FBI image of the pipe bomb found supposedly at the DNC headquarters. Schellenberger's article continues, the expert found it highly implausible that the Secret Service did not do a sweep. He said, I can't believe the Secret Service would put the vice president-elect someplace and not do a security sweep. It's hard to explain how bad that is. On January 20, uh, pardon me, on January 31st, 2022, CNN reported a law enforcement source familiar with the event told CNN that the U.S. Secret Service, which was responsible for Kamala Harris's protection that day, swept the interior of the building, the driveway, parking deck, and entrances and exits prior to her arrival. So Schellenberger here says, the experts said the FBI's behavior was inconsistent with standard security procedures. Here's the quote. If it's true a bomb was planted at the DNC on the night of January 5, the FBI would have had many questions. Like, was Harris the target of an attack? Why was the pipe bomb not found by Secret Service agents during its security sweep? One would think the FBI would have wanted to conduct a full-blown investigation. But FBI didn't even try to find the individual who reported the DNC bomb, even though 
FBI Washington Field Office Director Stephen D'Antuono admitted that person would be a prime suspect. Let's go back to the transcript. Congressman Massey says, but the individual in a hoodie going up to two police cars after he's passed by that bench, did your investigation review this video? D'Antuono responds, I'm not aware of the video you're talking about, sir. I'm not. Massey said, if you had seen that video, would you be interested in speaking to that person? D'Antuono responds, absolutely. Massey says, who seems to have discovered that second bomb? D'Antuono responds again, in any investigation, whoever discovers the device is somebody you need to talk to, right? Because they could be the one that planted the device in the first place. You know, so that's just investigation 101. So, but I am not aware of that video. I'm not aware of that person. You know, it seems to me that they were uh, anxious to talk to Richard Jewell, who was trying to save people's lives there at the Olympic Park in Atlanta back in the 90s. Why didn't they want to talk to the person who supposedly found the uh, pipe bomb that never was going to work in the first place? I mean, you with me, right? Okay, so Schellenberger says, either way, it should have been a scandal. There was either a catastrophic security failure that resulted in the near death of Vice President-elect Kamala Harris, which is scandalous in its own right, and even more so considering that there was no investigation of it, or the bombs were not real or viable. In that case, the FBI, the Capitol Police, the Secret Service, and senior government officials, including perhaps even Vice President-elect Harris, have lied to the American people. Now, the Secret Service and the Capitol Police did not respond to our request for comment, An FBI spokesperson declined to comment and directed public to the agency's pipe bomb webpage, a most recent statement. Even Stephen D'Antuono has admitted that the case is mysterious to him, even though it was his office that investigated the pipe bombs. He said it, it just is a lot of coincidences happen all the time. There's a lot of unanswered questions. There really are. Oh, my goodness. And by the way, that's a direct quote. No typos. So it sounds like he's one of those people who kind of, I don't know, wrestles with the English language. Now, we do have a follow-up from Michael Schellenberger, which I was willing to pay $9 a month to subscribe to to get the uh, the inner workings. And I think I think when you hear the rest of what he has, you're going to want to go to uh, X, which used to be Twitter, and subscribe to Michael Schellenberger. It's S-H-E-L-L-E-N-B-E-R-G-E-R. This guy is a great investigative reporter. So we get that coming up. Um, we also have some audio coming up from when FBI Director Christopher Ray testified to the Senate Judiciary Committee uh, last month. Some stuff you're going to want to hear on that and some other just crazy, buckwild, crazy things the FBI has been getting away with and more reasons that 
it needs to be defunded. That's all coming up right here on the Doc Washburn Show. If you've tried to buy a car recently, you realize you may have a hard time finding what you're looking for. People I know have actually bought vehicles from hundreds of miles away from where they live. That's where Red River Auto comes in. Red River Auto is a big old car dealership in the middle of the USA that believes in freedom, including your freedom to buy a car, truck, van, or SUV the way you want to. You can buy online and they'll drive it to you no matter where you are. Red River Auto wants to make your car buying experience as easy and transparent as possible. Red River Auto Group has perfected the online buying process. Just go to redriverauto.com and pick from hundreds of new and used vehicles. You can purchase a vehicle online if you have any questions. One of Red River's trained experts will help you through the whole process. Red River Auto makes car buying online easy. Your whole car buying process is completely transparent. If you want to buy a car, truck, van, or SUV, order online from the nationwide car dealer that believes in freedom. The dealer that will deliver your vehicle to your front door, no matter where you live in the continental U.S., RedRiverAuto.com. You'll be glad you did. I want to tell you about the best-kept secret in American healthcare. Are you having problems with sinuses and allergies? Are you experiencing dizziness, vertigo, problems with your blood sugar, fibromyalgia, eczema, psoriasis, migraines? The Arkansas Upper Cervical Center might be able to help you. Let me tell you how. Your skull weighs anywhere from 8 to 15 pounds. It rests on the top bone of your spinal column, the atlas or C1, which only weighs 2 ounces. So it's really easy for your atlas to get out of alignment. If it does, your whole spinal column can get kinked up like a chain. When that happens, your central nervous system isn't able to communicate with the rest of your body as it's designed to do. I had severe hay fever for five or six weeks every spring all my life and migraines year-round. When I got my atlas adjusted, the hay fever went away and the migraines went away for good. Whatever malady you're suffering from, do yourself a favor. Call my friends at the Arkansas Upper Cervical Center, 501-279-2009, for a free consultation. They've helped so many people I know. Please call them to see if they can help you. That number for your free consultation is 501-279-2009. If you're outside Central Arkansas, go to their website, turnmypoweron.com. Click on the tab that says find a doctor near you, and I sure hope you can. You want to drop your big liberal cell phone carrier? Patriot Mobile, America's only Christian conservative wireless carrier, is a perfect solution. Patriot Mobile has exceptional nationwide coverage and uses the same towers the main carriers use. Patriot Mobile guarantees your coverage. Patriot Mobile has plans to fit any budget, along with great discounts for our veteran and first responder heroes, as well as multi-line users. And switching to Patriot Mobile usually only takes 15 to 20 minutes. When you switch to Patriot Mobile, you shift your support from the leftist progressive agendas of Big Mobile to the Christian conservative causes of Patriot Mobile. Patriot Mobile donates a portion of every dollar earned to organizations that fight for causes you care about. A portion of every dollar they earn is given back to the causes that support organizations that fight for First Amendment religious freedom, freedom of speech, Second Amendment right to bear arms, sanctity of life, and the needs of our veterans and first responders. Now more than ever, it's important to band together and support companies that share our conservative values. Switching is easy. Just do what I did. Go to PatriotMobile.com. Or call their U.S.-based customer service team at 972-PATRIOT. Make sure you use promo code DOC, that's D-O-C, for free activation. All right, back to Michael Schellenberger and his article, New Evidence Suggests FBI and Secret Service Are Covering Up Their Role 
an alleged January 6th pipe bomb plot. So here's the part you got to pay $9 a month for. And again, I would strongly recommend. uh, I mean, that's, that's less than the price of a pizza, that's for sure. Unanswered questions behind the so-called violent insurrection. And it starts with a picture of Stephen D'Antuono, former head of the FBI, Washington, D.C. field office at a press conference to give an update on the investigation into the Capitol Hill riots on January 12, 2021 in Washington, D.C. So Schellenberger says, above, we identified multiple unresolved issues. Did the Secret Service conduct a proper security sweep? If not, why not? If so, why didn't the Secret Service discover the bomb which was lying there in plain sight? Why did neither Kamala Harris nor the House Democratic leaders who ran the January 6th investigation mention the incident of the pipe bombs, despite the obvious political benefits to doing so? What exactly happened to the bombing suspect's phone data? Was the data really corrupted and unretrievable? Why did the FBI say the bomb was viable despite evidence to the contrary? But there are other important unanswered questions as well as likely answers. How about this? Why did the person who planted the alleged bomb not attempt to hide the bomb. The DNC pipe bomb was sitting next to a bench that faced a pedestrian walkway and was in plain sight. The evidence suggests that whoever planted the bomb wanted it to be discovered. Okay, another question for you. Why has the FBI not released crucial videos that would support or undermine its narrative. It has not released video of the suspect placing the alleged bomb next to a bench at the DNC. Instead, it released video images from a different camera that was blocked by a bush. Congressman Massey asked the FBI's D'Antuono, is there a reason You didn't release the other camera video? Dan Twonu responded, I don't recall what a reason would be. You know, the case agents describe people put those videos together for us to kind of put out there. I wasn't part of playing, you know. I wasn't editing the videos or putting the videos together as the ADIC. I'm not sure. No one, you know, explained to me that there was the reason why that would have been left out. Oh, oh, I see. So, yeah, don't don't have a clue and no real intellectual curiosity into uh, getting an answer, right? Here's another question. Why did the Capitol Police's counter-surveillance units not search other locations after a witness reported the bomb at the RNC. 
According to the testimony of former Capitol Police Chief Stephen Sund, the Capitol Police was notified about the RNC pipe bomb at 12.52 p.m. January 6, 2021. Uh, three counter-surveillance units of the Capitol Police were dispatched to the RNC, one of which then went to the DNC. None of them searched other likely targets like the House and Senate office buildings or the Supreme Court for any possible additional pipe bombs. Instead, a counter-surveillance unit entered the DNC, even though the Secret Service had presumably already secured the DNC. Well, again, they got to do a security sweep where they go anywhere with the president or the vice president, or even the president-elect, vice president-elect. Okay, Schellenberger has more. Why was there no investigation of the woman who allegedly discovered the RNC bomb even though she worked for a multi-million dollar FBI contractor? The woman who found the RNC bomb, Carlin Younger, was a project manager for FirstNet Authority, a partnership between AT&T and first responders to prioritize emergency communications for an attack or disaster. Shortly before January 6, 2021, the FBI actually awarded the company, FirstNet, a $92 million contract, something first reported by reporter Julie Kelly. Now, today, Carlin Younger works for Pendulum, a firm that works to quote, combat misinformation online, unquote, including on, quote, election fraud, unquote, and, quote, COVID vaccine misinformation, unquote, which Revolver News first reported. Another question, why did Dan Tuono, the head of the Washington, D.C. field office, claim to not know basic facts about the case? Again, from the transcript, Congressman Thomas Massey, Kentucky, says, let's talk about the DNC bomb because there is amazing foot traffic there. Dan Twonel responds, yeah, absolutely. Yep, it's right on that street. Massey, how was that one discovered? Dan Twonel, again, I'm not sure of the specifics of who discovered that. I was in the command post that day, and all I found out was that the that there were pipe bombs discovered. Massey, was your office responsible for the investigation? Dantuono, yes. Massey, how would you characterize the resources spent on that investigation? Dantuono, so I was the head of the office. I put every person I possibly could, given all the other circumstances of January 6th, and every resource I possibly had to that investigation. It was a priority case from day one until the day I left. Now, Schellenberger continues here saying, but if the investigation was a priority from day one, why did the FBI, a whistleblower disclosed, wait more than a year before ordering field offices to, quote, 
canvass all confidential human sources nationwide for information about the individual, the hooded suspect, and the crime, unquote. The whistleblower described the, the delay as unusual. O'Boyle told public that this approach is not characteristic of how the FBI deals with major domestic terrorism cases. In one domestic terror case O'Boyle worked on, he said, there was a high level of immediate coordination and use of confidential human sources. O'Boyle said, I constantly had people emailing, calling, or chiming in on the conference calls with ideas like canvassing confidential human sources around the country. Now, canvassing the entire FBI for agents to query their confidential human source base is not hard to do and something that could have been done well before a year had passed, according to O'Boyle. He also said not to mention the amount of resources that would be thrown at a case like this if it actually was being investigated properly. But wait, Schellenberger has more. Why did D'Antuono leave the FBI in November 2022? Now, D'Antuono previously oversaw the Governor Gretchen Whitmer kidnapping investigation as a special agent in charge of the Detroit field office. During the Whitmer investigation, the FBI paid the lead confidential informant and engaged in a series of entrapment and manipulation tactics. Dan Tuono abruptly left the FBI November of 2022, despite having one of the most coveted positions in fighting major crime in the world, Washington, D.C., field director. Now, making the timing of Dan Tuono's departure more suspicious was the departure of Secret Service Director James Murray around the same time, the summer of 2022. Both the chief and inspector general of the Capitol Police say the pipe bomb scare diverted law enforcement resources from the protest. Former Capitol Police Chief Stephen Sund said, as a result of these explosive devices, pipe bombs at the RNC and DNC, Extensive U.S. Capitol Police resources were dispatched to the scenes and two congressional office buildings had to be evacuated. I believe all of this was part of a coordinated plan related to the attack on the Capitol. Now, Michael Bolton, Inspector General of the Capitol Police, testified that because of the pipe bombs, only one of the Capitol Police's counter-surveillance units was left in charge of protecting the Capitol. If those pipe bombs were intended to be a diversion, it worked. Now, one of the most curious details of all is that an analyst in the Washington, D.C. Intelligence Fusion Center, where various federal and local law enforcement come together to plan, predicted the exact same bomb scenario in a December 30th 2020 planning meeting. Yeah, the analyst predicted, according to the Washington Post, someone could plant an improvised explosive device, an IED, near the Capitol. With law enforcement distracted, extremists might then band together and attack government buildings, maybe even the Capitol. 
So our next part of this amazing article is entitled FBI and Secret Service Cover-Up. And sure enough, there's a picture here. Embedded in the article of U.S. Secret Service Director James Murray leaving after speaking at a press conference about the Secret Service National Threat Assessment Center's Mass Attacks in Public Spaces 2018 report. And this is from July 9th, 2019 in Alexandria, Virginia. Now, the author here continues... Schellenberger continues, when it comes to the alleged pipe bombs planted in front of the RNC and DNC, there remain more questions than answers. Senator Ron Johnson, Republican, Wisconsin, sent a letter on uh, on, uh, February 15th, 2022, to then-Secret Service Director James Murray, raising the same questions we raised above. On March 8th, Murray replied to Senator Johnson stating the Secret Service protective operations on that day, January 6th, that you referenced in your letter are currently the subject of reviews by Congress and the U.S. Department of Homeland Security Office of Inspector General. So, um, almost two years later, the review has not been released, according to Schellenberger. The evidence suggests that the FBI, Capitol Police, and Secret Service may be involved in a cover-up of what really happened. Multiple figures and agencies have declined to properly investigate the pipe bomb incident. The FBI, according to former agent Serafin, who worked on the case, the FBI had the suspect's license plate, but has not used it to find the suspect. And the cover-up of the evidence suggests that individuals from the FBI, Capitol Police, or Secret Service may have played a role in the in the inoperable pipe bomb plot. Stephen D'Antuono was in charge of the Detroit field office when agents recruited and encouraged destitute men to participate in the FBI-crafted Gretchen Whitmer kidnapping scheme. A jury last year acquitted some of the kidnapping suspects likely due to the clear role the FBI played in setting up their alleged plot. Several of D'Antuono's claims are not credible, including not knowing who reported the alleged bomb at the DNC headquarters. Yeah, I mean, you you got a good point there, because, I mean, how could you not know something that, that dramatic? Schellenberger continues, why might the FBI create a bomb hoax? Well, former FBI agent, now whistleblower Steve Friend, has some thoughts about that. And we will have those thoughts coming up for you in mere moments on the Doc Washburn Show. Mike Lindell says because of your amazing support for MyPillow 2.0, he's expanded MyPillow's USA manufacturing and jobs. So he's clearing out his percale bed sheets by giving them to you at closeout prices. King size percale bed sheets, only $39 a set. Queen size, only $35 a set. 
full size $29 and twin size just $25. Use promo code DWS to take advantage of this once in a lifetime offer. Right now, Mike's biggest My Slippers closeout sale ever is on. Get Mike's all season My Slippers and Sandals at clearance prices. Mike's all season Moccasin Slippers are just $25. Mike's My Slipper Sandals are just $19.50. They're both made with Mike's patented impact gel that absorbs and relieves pressure so you can comfortably wear them all day long. Just use promo code DWS for huge discounts. Remember, DWS stands for Doc Washburn Show. MyPillow.com quantities are extremely limited at these amazing prices, so please order now. Just use promo code DWS. You know, the great Ronald Reagan once said, inflation is as violent as a mugger, as frightening as an armed robber, and as deadly as a hitman. Have you thought about the benefits of investing in precious metals? Here are five profound benefits. Number one, investing in precious metals is a hedge against inflation. Number two, it's a great way to diversify your portfolio. Number three, asset liquidity. Number four, precious metals tend to be a store of value. They don't tend to depreciate over the long haul. And last but not least, number five, Precious metals can be a hedge against geopolitical uncertainty and the struggling U.S. dollar. Andrew Sorcini with Beverly Hills Precious Metals has been involved in gold and silver for over 40 years. Beverly Hills Precious Metals brings precious metals to the homes of everyday American citizens. Mike Flynn told us about them, and they are our gold buyer of choice. To find out more, just Google Beverly Hills Precious Metals. Make sure you ask about the general Mike Flynn silver coin. And tell them Doc Washburn sent you. Beverly Hills Precious Metals helps folks protect their finances, wealth, and investments. Let me ask you something. Why continue shopping big box stores if you can get the items you need from a family-owned company? Now you can get around this crazy inflation by shopping factory direct at a family-owned, made-in-America manufacturer. Americans are walking away from the big box conglomerates and deciding to buy only USA. Join with fellow patriots to cut off the cash flow of the big woke corporations that are trying to destroy our country. These products include fresh American-raised beef, raised in the Montana mountains near Yellowstone. This beef is known as Never Ever. Never has the animal ever been exposed to antibiotics, hormones, or vaccines. This prime or high-choice beef is shipped directly to your door. Pricing and availability is exclusive only to our members and isn't shipped anywhere else in the world. Let's start voting with our dollars to make sure our purchases are supporting companies that promote freedom. Email us at buyonlyusa at proton.me and I'll have one of my guys contact you. Buyonlyusa at proton.me. Okay, so let's take a look at this, shall we? Why might the FBI create a bomb hoax, Schellenberger asks. Former FBI agent, now whistleblower, Stephen Friend said, it adds a lot of flavor and severity to domestic terrorism because it shows premeditation and coordination. So that's where it's played into pushing the seditious conspiracy angle against Proud Boys and the Oath Keepers. It's been implied when they prosecuted them that it was coordinated. And it's used as an excuse for Capitol Police 
to say they were drawn away from the Capitol building. Schellenberger says there is evidence that the Justice Department, which the FBI is part of, also participated in the cover-up. In dozens of January 6th indictments, DOJ stated the Vice President-elect Kamala Harris was inside the Capitol during the attack. Now, this claim that this was simply an error is as suspicious as the Vice President-elect's total silence on the matter. A politician of any party would be expected to use the incident to generate public sympathy and frame her political opponents as dangerous. On December 17th, 2023, a representative of the FBI met with members of Congress on the status of its investigation into the pipe bomb incident. A congressional staffer in the room told The Blaze that the FBI representatives offered nothing more than a regurgitation of old news and that members of Congress were quite aggravated. Now, members of Congress say they intend to step up their investigation. Congressman Massey says nothing about these pipe bombs adds up, and both the ATF director and the FBI director had dodged my questions about them under oath in congressional hearings. It's time to redouble our efforts because we owe it to the American people to get to the bottom of this. Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed it is. So that is Michael Schellenberger. And I got to tell you, um, he's killing it. And for $9 a month, you can get a lot more of that kind of stuff. And I would highly recommend that you do that. Now, since Schellenberger's article ended up with Thomas Massey talking about how FBI Director Christopher Wray has dodged his attempts to get to the truth about this under oath, publicly. I thought, well, well why, don't we, why don't we go ahead and play that for you? I want to just grab that and, and see what you think about this. Now, this is from July 12th, 2023 at the House Judiciary Committee hearing, U.S. Congressman Thomas Massey, Republican, Kentucky, demanding answers from FBI Director Christopher Wray about the January 6th pipe bomb investigation. And here it is, in all its unedited glory for you. From Kentucky is recognized for five minutes. I thank the chairman, Bob. Director Ray, in light of information provided to us about the FBI's investigation of the January 6th pipe bombs, in an interview with Assistant Director Stephen Duantuano, Chairman Jordan and I sent you a letter a month ago. Some of the information that we found in that interview was that phone data that could have helped to identify the pipe bomber was corrupted, was unusable. Uh, he also wasn't sure who found or how the second bomb was found at the DNC. Do you know how the second bomb was found at the DNC? And, and when do you plan on answering our letter? 
Well, as to the letter, I, I will uh, work with the department to make sure we can figure out what information we can provide. As you know, this is a very active, ongoing investigation, and there are some restrictions on that. But we yes, we can handle classified information, it's, and we fund your department, and so you need to provide that. I, it's not respectfully. It's not an issue of classification. It's an issue of commenting on ongoing criminal investigations, which is something that by longstanding department policy we are restricted in doing. And in fact, the last administration actually strengthened those policies partly That's because... That's not our policy, though, and we fund you, so let's move on. I could do you know how the second pipe bomb... Do you, can you tell us how the second pipe bomb was found at the DNC? I, again, I'm not going to get into that here. 900 days ago is when this happened, and you said you had total confidence we'd apprehend the subject. We've found video that looks like somebody, a passerby, miraculously found this pipe bomb at the DNC and then notified the police. Miraculously, I say, because it was specifically the same, the precise time to cause the maximum distraction from the events going on at the Capitol. Can you show this video that we have, please? I'd like to know if the director has seen this. This is somebody with a, with a mask on, wearing a hat. They're walking in front of the DNC, which is out of the view on the right-hand side. You'll see him come into view. He goes to one police car. He goes to another police car. He's holding a backpack. He's got a mask on. He's talking to the police. And within a minute, they start scrambling. You'll see the camera turn to the pipe bomb, the location of the pipe bomb. By the way, that's a, I believe the Metro police are now getting out of their car, and that's... Uh, Vice President-elect's detail in the black SUV, I believe, parked about 30 feet from the pipe bomb, eating lunch. Okay, now we go over to the location of the pipe bomb. The cameras are scrambling. It, it appears to me that that's not a coincidence, that the person with the backpack who walked by that bench and then went up to the police uh, and the detail didn't... It, didn't do that accidentally. They had a purpose in mind, and that what transpired after that was the result of information that person gave to them. If that person found the pipe bomb, would they be a suspect? Well, again, I don't want to speculate about specific individuals. I will tell you that we have done thousands of interviews, uh, reviewed something like 40,000 video files, of which this is uh, one, assessed uh, 500-something tips, have you interviewed Reviewed that the person? Devices. We, we have conducted all logical investigative steps and interviewed all logical individuals at this then point. Then it's 900 Continuing. days. You need we're, to tell us what you found because we're finding stuff you haven't released into the public. And well, one of the- now, I said unedited. But for some reason, Forbes cut it off. I, I said unedited. I but 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 this is a Forbes breaking news YouTube video from July and they did edit it. They cut Thomas Massey off in the middle of a sentence. I mean, how do you like that? Hang on a second. Let me let, let, let me let me let me let me just type in Thomas Massey and and ray that's very troubling very troubling but that's that's all they're going to give us
Um, yeah, that's uh, that's jacked up. But I tell you one thing: he wasn't the only one trying to hold Christopher Ray's feet to the fire. Uh, are are you familiar with Clay Higgins, congressman from uh, Louisiana? Let me uh, let me give you some of this. And by the way, are you also aware? Are you also aware that in late twenty twenty two, eighteen Republican United States senators voted with all the Democrat senators to approve a $1.7 trillion spending bill that the Biden administration was pushing, including hundreds of millions of dollars more for DOJ and FBI to more effectively go after more January 6th folks, more Trump supporters. Were you aware of that? Do, do you want to know who? Those senators are that voted for that mess? Because I'll tell you, I'll tell you, they are Republican senators Roy Blunt of Missouri, Shelley Moore Capito, West Virginia, Susan Collins, Maine, John Cornyn, Texas, Lindsey Graham, South Carolina, Jim Imhoff, Inhofe, Oklahoma, Mitch McConnell, Kentucky, Jerry Moran, Kansas, Lisa Murkowski, Alaska, Robert Portman, Ohio, Mitt Romney, Utah, Mike Rounds, South Dakota, Richard Shelby, Alabama, John Thune, South Dakota, Roger Wicker, Mississippi, Todd Young, Indiana. Oh, that's 16 of them. Oh, oh, did I mention for all our listeners in Arkansas? John Bozeman and Tom Cotton. Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. Voted for hundreds of millions more for DOJ and FBI to really, really go after January 6th people, Trump supporters. Do you realize that there have been people given double digits over 20 years in prison who weren't even at the Capitol that day? Oh, yes. Oh, yes. What's just remarkable to me is that these guys are acting like, well, some of them have have endorsed President Trump after voting to give more money to DOJ and FBI to go after Trump supporters. I, I don't, I don't get it. I don't, well, Trump himself talked about being really excited about this new FBI headquarters is going to be bigger than the Pentagon. I'm like, dude, that that's the same FBI that raided your place called Mar-a-Lago. That's trying to help DOJ put you in prison. I, I don't know. I don't understand. Anyway, um, let me, uh, Clay Higgins gets it. This is much more recent than the Thomas Massey video I was playing for you. This is from November 15th, 2023. House Homeland Security Committee holds a uh, hearing on threats to the homeland. And 
Clay Higgins questioned FBI Director Chris Ray about his agency's actions on January 6, 2021, and it went something like this. Director Ray, last year, you might recall, sir, our exchange regarding the FBI's involvement on January 6 and prior. I'm happy to jog your memory to quote, according to the record, I ask you, did you have confidential human sources dressed as Trump supporters positioned inside the Capitol on January 6th prior to the doors being opened? You responded, I quote again, I have to be very careful of what I say. To which I said, it should be a no. Can you not tell the American people no? We did not have confidential human sources dressed as Trump supporters positioned inside the Capitol on January 6th. A year has passed. We sit here again a year later. We the people still do not have a definitive answer from you or anyone else in the Biden administration regarding the FBI presence and participation in the months leading up to the November election, and in the weeks and days prior to January 6th and on January 6th here in D.C. We can't get a straight answer, although we have a tremendous amount of evidence harvested and reviewed over the course of the last year, which you will see in September, Stephen D'Artano formerly in charge of the FBI's field office in Washington, D.C., testified to the House Judiciary Committee that he was aware the FBI informants would attend the Stop the Steal rally thrown on January 6th. You confirmed that the FBI had confidential human sources at the Stop the Steal rally on January 6th here in D.C., sir? Congressman, as we've discussed before, I'm not going to get into where we have or have not used confidential human sources. But what okay, I can we'll tell move you, on. you asked for a definitive We'll move answer. on. It's my time. You said no. You're not going to answer. That's cool. We're watching. Mr. Chairman, may you're, I answer the question? Your moment, your moment will come. This is my time. Earlier this year, an FBI informant who is reported to have, quote, his quote, under oath, marched to the U.S. Capitol with fellow Proud Boys members on January 6th. Close quote. He said he was communicating with his FBI handler while people were entering the U.S. Capitol. Can you confirm that the FBI had that sort of engagement with your own agents embedded within the crowd on January 6th? If you are asking whether the violence at the Capitol on January 6th was part of some operation orchestrated by FBI sources and or agents, the answer is emphatically You're saying not. no? No. You're saying no? Not okay. violence orchestrated Let's by FBI on. sources or agents. Are you familiar with, with, you know what a ghost vehicle is? Director, director of the FBI certainly should. You know what a ghost bus is? A ghost bus? Ghost bus. I'm not sure I've used that term before. Okay. It's pretty common in, in law enforcement. It's a, it's a vehicle. He didn't ask if you've used it. He asked if you're familiar with it. Boy, this guy, this guy is slick. He is too clever by half. Vehicle that's that's used for secret purposes. It's painted over. These two buses in the middle here, 
They were the first to arrive at Union Station on January 6th, 0500. I have all this evidence. I'm showing you a tip of this iceberg. Mr. Chairman. These two buses Mr. are Chairman. painted completely white. Point of order. Point of order. Sure. Just run over the time. I understand, but you'll recall that Ms. Jackson Lee's been allowed to go two minutes before. I've been very fair in letting people finish their questioning throughout my tenure as chairman, and I'll continue to be fair on that regard. But I will make a note to the members, if you could stay as close within your time as possible, we have a lot of people that want to ask these gentlemen questions. So with that, the gentleman yields. But uh, your, your point, I've been very fair in this, Mr. Ivey, uh, with everybody on this side of the aisle just as much. I don't think I accuse you of being unfair, Mr. Chairman. Uh, you're you're making point a point. Okay, thank you. Uh, I now recognize, now recognize Mr. May Gray. I close this, this statement, uh, Mr. Not, Mr. No, I, I, think, I think your time is expired, Mr. I note that, that other members across the aisle have been, been granted time, and I object well, to, my, to my question being, well, being closed. This is a very significant hearing, Mr. Chairman, and these buses are nefarious in nature and were filled with FBI informants dressed as Trump supporters you, and you, deployed onto our Capitol on January 6th. You made, Your you day is your, coming, you Mr. Your point, Mr. Uh, wow. He said, your day is coming, Mr. Ray. Now, are, are you ready? Are you ready to ask your United States senators, are you ready to ask your uh, member of Congress why the FBI is still being funded? I, oh, 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 I've got more. Oh, I've got plenty more. Yeah. Oh, I sure do. I sure do. i got plenty more. Yeah, uh, how about Troy Nels? Yeah, we'll have, uh, we'll have Troy Nels. Asking uh, Chris Ray what uh, what he's hiding. Yeah, let's uh, let's go ahead and do that. Now this would be from House Judiciary Committee, uh, July twelfth. Was it Troy Nels or Matt Gates? It said Troy Nels before I clicked on it. And now it says Matt Gates. We'll find out. Here we go. Uh. I don't believe anybody has lost a security clearance, but again, we have an internal review pending, and that, and that I'll let that finish to it, come to its conclusion. How did you become aware of the Catholic memo that the gentleman just referenced? How did I become This is uh, Jim Jordan now. I'm aware of it? Point of order, Mr. Chairman. Gentleman may say this point of order. Uh, whose time is the chairman uh, consuming with uh, his... I thought that the committee... It's not a point of order. The chair now recognizes the gentleman for Texas for five minutes. Uh, thank you, sir. Uh, okay, now this will be Troy Nels. Uh, I will say this, Mr. Ray. I am one of those sheriffs that will, will be very blunt with you today. That's right here. I, I've had an opportunity to look at your testimony, lots of stuff, and hear about numerous task forces, crimes being committed against children, including even infants and to toddlers. MS-13 gang members coming across the open southern border, the poisoning and killing of the American people with fentanyl, the, the sex trafficking, the human trafficking. It, it's quite clear, it is clear that you guys are dealing with some of the sickest bastards in our society. I have an article here from CNN in January 2022 calling the January 6th investigation the biggest investigation in FBI history. And what shocks me about this, quite honestly, is that you don't mention January 6th 
Again, the biggest investigation, not one time in your 14-page testimony. You don't mention it one time. And that makes me ask myself the question, what the hell are you hiding? Sir, you mentioned 38,000 agents and support personnel in your agency. How many FBI agents and support personnel have you assigned to the January 6th investigation? I don't know that I know the number. I know we have a lot of people working okay, on it in multiple fields. Fair numbers. enough, lots. Yeah. Knowing that you are dealing with some of the sickest people in our society with investigations related to child sex trafficking, have you reassigned any of these agents or personnel to investigate January 6th? Yes or no? I, I don't believe we have reassigned people away from uh, child exploitation okay, to January I, 6th. Now, now, let I'm, me just say this, Director. I, I find that answer knowledge. disturbing because last month, Steve Friend... He testified before the Weaponization Committee. Mr. Friend was a domestic terror investigator for you. And he was told by one of his superiors that January 6th was, I quote, a higher priority than pursuing child pornography cases, end quote. And for those of you watching in America, understand today's FBI is more concerned about searching for and arresting grandma and grandpa for entering the Capitol building that day than pursuing the sick individuals in our society who prey on our children. And Mr. Ray, your priorities are flawed. What does that tell you? I had to pause that. What does that tell you? Because I knew where he was going with this. FBI whistleblowers have said exactly that. They've taken people off of investigating these sick individuals who are preying on children and instead putting them on arresting people who might have paraded around in the Capitol building after being welcomed in by police officers. What does that tell you? But let's rehash what we know so far, all right? It's the largest investigation in FBI history, and you don't mention it in your testimony. Agents have been reassigned from child exploitation cases and so on. So now let's get into the money, Mr. Ray. How much taxpayer money has been spent on January 6th? I don't know that I have the figure oh, you don't have in my okay, head. But. Mr. Ray, I got an article here, uh, December 22, uh, 2022, two years after the events of January 6th, and it says the Justice Department has requested another $34 million from Congress. And uh, number one, you shouldn't get another dime. The FBI shouldn't get another dime for this political witch hunt against the greatest president in my lifetime, Donald J. Trump. I, I want to turn my attention now to this fella. This character, Mr. Ray Epps, we've all heard of him. We've heard of Mr. Ray Epps. He was number 16 on your FBI Most Wanted list. He was encouraging people the night prior and the day of to go into the Capitol. And Mr. Ray Epps can be seen at the first breach of Capitol grounds at approximately 12.50 p.m. Play the clip, please. We need to go into the Capitol. Into the Capitol. Into the Capitol. Hey, what? We are going to the Capitol. Where our problems are. It's that direction. Please spread the word. All right, no, Dave, but one more thing. Yeah, so can we go up there? No? When we go in. Are we going to get arrested if we go up there? Yeah. You don't need to get shot.
There he is, breaching the line, going in at the first breach into the Capitol, into the Capitol grounds, a restricted area. Mr. Ray, you have arrested hundreds of people related to January 6th. And there have been people arrested for breaching Capitol grounds. Cooey Griffin is an example. Rachel Genko is an example. And then we go to Mr. Brandon Strecka. Brandon was arrested for disorderly and disruptive conduct, which included yelling, I quote, go, 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 as rioters tried to empty the Capitol. These three never went into the Capitol. They never assaulted anyone. So let's be honest with each other. There is very little difference between the actions of Ray Epps and Brandon Stricka that day, but yet Stricka was arrested and Epps wasn't. Epps also testified to the January 6th committee. He was back at his hotel when video evidence showed that he wasn't. He lied. He was on the Capitol grounds just as Brandon Strecka was. Epps even texted his nephew at 2.12 p.m. and said, I quote, I was in the front with a few others. It was on the video. I also orchestrated it. Now look into the camera, sir, when you answer my next question. Are you going to arrest Mr. Epps, yes or no? I'm not going to engage here in a discussion about individual people who are okay, or are not going to be prosecuted. Can I get a commitment? You just watch the video. I'm an old law dog. I understand a little bit about probable cause. He did very little. There was very little difference what he did. And Mr. Strecker, you can see him. He's encouraging. I almost think he's inciting a riot. He's encouraging people the night prior to go into the Capitol. The day of, go into the Capitol. And he was at the first breach. And he breached the restricted area. Everybody, a lot of people getting arrested for not going into the Capitol, but they're in the restricted area. But yet, Ray Epps, who many people feel, fed, 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 right? And there's a lot of cloud over this. So I, I, my point is this. You arrested a lot of folks for unlawful activity. You just saw the video. And I will tell I you, Mr. Ray, Mr. Uh, if you don't yeah. arrest Mr. Epps, the there's a reason behind it. I believe you know what it order. is. And it appears to me you are protecting this guy. I strongly recommend you get your house back in order. With that, I yield back. Mr. Chairman, if I might briefly. Gentlemen, we respond, and we've got a couple point of orders. Uh, it is not our unanimous consent. Excuse me. Go ahead. It, it has never been appropriate for an FBI director in congressional testimony to be weighing in on who is or isn't going to be arrested and what, who is or isn't going to get charged, which is a prosecutor's decision. If you are suggesting that the violence that at the Capitol on January 6th was part of some operation orchestrated by FBI sources or FBI agents, the answer is no, it was not. And to suggest otherwise is a disservice to our hardworking, dedicated law enforcement professionals. Can I respond to that now that... Uh the point is, he was number 16 on your list. Yeah, the, the, he was 16 on your list. You never arrested the him. Gentleman has hundreds ex- of Americans were arrested. Has shame on you. The chair- yeah, shame on you. Shame on you, Christopher Ray. Shame on you. They finally did arrest um, Ray Epps. Did you hear what his sentence was? Six months probation and a $500 fine. He's out there inciting a riot. Six months probation and a $500 fine. And again, as Darren J. Beatty over Revolver News and Michael Schellenberger over Public have made the case, it's pretty obvious that the FBI was in cahoots on this whole thing with a pipe bomb. And... uh 
We're supposed to just act like everything's fine here, y'all. Everything's just fine. No problem. Yeah, let, let's let's give the FBI a new $1 billion headquarters. It's going to be bigger than the Pentagon. So they can put us all in jail, except for people like Ray Epps, right? Right? I mean, y'all, this is outrageous. And, and I haven't even scratched the surface. I haven't even scratched the surface. So we're going to have to do, uh, defund the FBI part two because did you, did you know that they stole a lot of money and personal effects of a lot of people who are not suspected of committing any crimes from a safe deposit box company did you know that they completely ignored a judge's orders and getting the warrant to investigate that safe deposit box company and they stole millions and they don't want to give it back the federal bureau of investigation stole money and personal effects from a lot of people not suspected of committing any crimes. And they're fighting in court to keep from giving this stuff back. Millions of dollars. Money and personal effects. Oh, yeah. I mean, I, I've just, you know, I, I had, I've got a lot of audio from, from United States senators in the Judiciary Committee from just last month just going off on this guy. And all of this before this pipe bomb story has come out in the last 48 hours. Yeah, we're, we're going to have to do a FBI, defund the FBI part two really soon because I'm telling you, this is just outrageous. I've tried to give you enough already to make you go, okay, wait, we, we got we to gotta defund. We've, I mean, they've been targeting people for being Roman Catholics. They've been targeting moms and dads for speaking up at school board meetings. Oh, yeah. Been targeting a lot of folks for a lot of things. No question about it. And yet, and yet, we still have people like United States Senators Tom Cotton and John Bozeman of Arkansas and the 16 others whose names I gave you, continuing to vote to give these people hundreds of millions more to continue to go after people 
like you and me. I mean, it's outrageous. Yeah, FBI, uh, defund the FBI part two coming up real soon on the Doc Washburn Show. Okay, it is time for today's Tweet of the Day, brought to you by RedRiverAuto.com. Red River Auto, big old car dealership in the middle of the USA that believes in freedom, including your freedom to buy the car, truck, van, or SUV of your choice the way you want to online, have delivered to your front door anywhere in the continental USA. Today's Tweet of the Day is uh, from Jeff Charles over at RedState.com, and it is entitled, This is the Real America. And he says, on Wednesday, I experienced yet another reminder that the America we see playing out on the airwaves and interwebs is not the real America. Despite how politicians, news personalities, and online influencers portray the country, the facts on the ground seem to suggest something far different. He says, my significant other and I have been visiting a small town in Union Parish located in northern Louisiana. It is a very rural area and about as beautiful as beautiful can get. The weather here has been wild, to say the least, just as it is in other parts of the country, while it is not as chilly as other areas. We have had snow this week which has made the roads more than a little treacherous. We were driving home after night fell at a pace that would have elicited a middle finger from an old lady if there weren't sheets of snow and ice on the road. In other words, they're driving really slow. During the trip, which had my heart beating faster than the firing of an automatic machine gun, we saw a car that had slid off the road deep into a ditch a situation that I desperately wish to avoid, given that I'm a city boy. He says the truck ahead of us pulled off to the side of the road, as did we, to see if we could help the man trapped in the ditch. Pardon me, to see if we could help the men trapped in the ditch. The young man in the truck walked over to inspect the situation, and I grabbed my flashlight to make sure people could see. Just before this, another truck pulled over. and the driver walked over to offer assistance as well. While they were discussing whether the rope they had would be enough to pull the car out of the ditch, yet another man drove up in a truck to help. Fortunately, between the three of them, they were able to jury-rig multiple ropes to pull the car. Since I know nothing about pulling a car out of a ditch... I stood on the side of the road flashing my light to make sure other drivers knew that there were men at work and also to make myself feel useful. Hey, I told you, I'm a city boy. Fortunately, they were able to pull the car out of the ditch and the driver and passenger were immensely grateful. By the way, of the three truck drivers, two were white and one was black. 
One of them was an older gentleman, while the other two were younger. The people stuck in the ditch were Hispanic, one of whom spoke little English. Yet, none of this mattered. These people saw someone in need and pulled over to help. The trapped men did not have to call for a tow truck, which would have been quite expensive. They did not even have to call government agencies to offer assistance. A bunch of good Samaritans took it upon themselves to assist someone who had gotten into a tricky situation. But the opinion molders in our society would have us believe that Americans are permanently at each other's throats. They paint the picture of a nation embroiled in racial strife with tensions growing more intense every day. But on the ground, most of us do not see this. Even in the South, which some claim is a horrific racist hellscape, people can come together to help someone without even a thought about ethnicity or nationality. This happens every single day. In fact, I'd imagine it's happened quite a bit with the weather pounding various areas of the country. Even in everyday life, people of all walks of life and backgrounds are getting along just fine. It lends credence to the notion that Twitter is not real life. I'm not taking a Pollyannish view of our country's current state. Of course, there are problems I have no blinders on, especially since I live and breathe politics every day of the week. The populace is pretty divided. But what if it is not as volcanic a situation as we're being told? Maybe we're being sold a bill of goods intended to push us closer to what the opinion molders are portraying. Perhaps the world they paint is the one they seek to create by constantly fomenting fear, anger, and hatred. Nevertheless, I would submit to you, dear reader, that what I experienced on Wednesday evening is who we really are as a people. When I see individuals coming together to solve a problem, I see America as it truly is, a nation of decent people willing to lend a hand when their neighbor is in need. And so that is today's Tweet of the Day, entitled This is the Real America, by Jeff Charles of RedState.com, brought to you by RedRiverAuto.com, big old car dealership in the middle of the USA that believes in freedom, including your freedom to buy the car, truck, van, or SUV of your choice online the way you want to and have it delivered to your front door anywhere in the continental USA. Okay, you've been listening to episode 422 of the all-new Doc Washburn Show. The views and opinions expressed on the Doc Washburn Show do not necessarily reflect those of our advertisers, but they love us and we love them. If you have any questions for us, email us, contact at docwashburnshow.com. Today's program has been produced by Tim Terrible, directed by Mick Messy. This has been a terribly messy production. Portions of today's show will be taken overseas and dropped. If you like a transcript of today's episode of the all-new Doc Washburn Show, simply peel the roof off a Rolls-Royce panel truck and send it to Mansour's Computer Solutions, 7th floor of the Ephemeral B. Smoot Building, Whitehall, Arkansas, care of Sheriff Mansour Sempre the 10th, Senior Vice President, Engineering, IT, and Interoperability for the Doc Washburn Show. And that's the way it is, Saturday, January 20th, 2024.